Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and it becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. I want just to look at verse 32 again. It says, which indeed is the least of all. I want to talk to you on the subject today, least of all, least of all. Lord, we thank you for your word, for your word is life. Help us to understand it today. Let it become revelatory. Get it into us, Lord. Let our hearts receive it. Let us not just, just hear, but really listen. And let us not just uh, uh, let it go through our minds, but really understand what your word is trying to show us today. Heavenly Father, help us. Help us to, to understand this word in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want us to look again at 1 Corinthians 15, or another verse, 1 Corinthians 15. And this is the Apostle Paul stating, he says, For I am the least, what, what? I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. You know, when, when we look at things in this day and age, uh, uh, we, the, the world is actually a contradiction to the kingdom of God. Everyone wants to be bigger. Everybody wants to have more uh, uh, social media followers. You know, uh, there has been arguments about, uh, among people who uh, would have the most followers on this social media and that social media. And people are constantly checking their smartphones to figure out how many uh, followers they have. That there is a swell of uh, the me and, and the selfie and... and uh, uh, there is a swell of being greater and more significant. But yet the kingdom of God is actually the opposite of everything that this world is preaching or speaking into our life. He talks about being the least of all, but yet to be least, uh, nobody wants to be insignificant. Nobody wants to be uh, 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 forgotten or invalidated or uh, not uh, uh, acknowledged. We want to have an increase. That's why uh, there is a explosion of uh, things in this world to make you stand out. I remember uh, years ago, there was this uh, person that uh, literally uh, 24 hours a day, maybe uh, not even when he is asleep, but that he would have a camera uh, uh, mounted on himself that everywhere he went, everything he did all day long, that people would literally follow him while he's drinking coffee, while he went to school, when he brushed his teeth, uh, uh, and God forbid when he was in the shower. But because why? Uh, there is a yearning for every person that was created in God's image to be significant. And it is uh, almost against us uh, or against our own thinking to be insignificant. 
And yet in God, he says to us that uh, the, the least of you will be the greatest of you. That uh, most people, when they want to go to a place, they want to have front row seats. Uh, uh, that when you go into a significant, I was with a, uh, a man yesterday that worked for the president. Uh, uh, and not only that, uh, he walked with senators and congress people. He has been in places that only I could dream of. Um, he has uh, uh, sat at the same table with former presidents and, and have letters. He, he has taught at Harvard. He has taught at the universities in China. He has, uh, people have uh, heard him, but he is one of the most humble men that uh, I have ever met, uh, considering. Um, he has flown around. Uh, the, uh, I asked him that what did he miss about his uh, uh, life as a person that worked for the government. He says the most things I missed the most is I didn't have my own plane anymore. And I said, you had your own plane? He goes, yeah, everywhere I went, I just got in my own plane. It, is, it was named after me, and I just flew it to wherever I went. And then when I uh, went into the private life, what I really missed was my own plane. And I thought that was so funny. And he said, yeah, uh, now I have to wait in line just like, I said, yes, sir, just like us common folk. You know, everybody wants to do something significant in our life. Well, nobody wants to be the least. We want to be greater. But here, uh, the Bible says in Matthew 13, he compares the mustard seed like the kingdom of heaven. Oh, brothers and sisters, maybe that's you today. Maybe uh, I've been there. Uh, maybe in our life, we often think about it. It says, uh, I remember talking to somebody. He said, what can I do, pastor? I don't know what my talent is. I am uh, simple. I am uneducated or I'm not enough educated. Uh, I am uh, just a simple person. But you have to understand that the kingdom of God doesn't operate based on your ability or my ability. It operates on God's ability. And when God is in control, then you realize that he will do things that you and I couldn't even imagine. Because the Bible says in the book of Ephesians that he would do abundantly, exceedingly, above all that we can even ask or imagine or think. Could you imagine everything that you can dream of, he even exceeds that. Now, I got some big dreams, y'all. I don't know about you, but I have some big dreams. And, and uh even this past week, and I was able to stay at this man's house, and, and, and I thought to myself, who am I to be able to stay at this man's house? That when he was in uh, government work, that everybody, he didn't even have to drive his own car. And yet here I am in his home, and he was cooking for me. I was like, wow. And I felt so privileged to be how many times do we often think that because we are insignificant that somehow God has forgotten us? That maybe we are not pretty enough or smart enough or handsome enough. Maybe we didn't come from the right family. Maybe we didn't get the right job or we didn't get into the right college. That doesn't mean that God has forgotten us. But the problem with us is we keep looking in ourselves to bring us over because the world teaches us if you do this enough, if you study hard enough, if you can get into the right school, somehow uh, this will all happen. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you just one what Paul himself says. He says that I am what I am and his grace toward me was not in vain. See, you have to understand that the only difference between 
you being insignificant and you being significant, it has nothing to do with how you look or what education. It has to do with one thing. It is God's grace towards you. And you have to understand, when I was sitting in this man's home, uh, and he's going to be on my podcast, so you all going to have to listen. I got a chance to interview him. He allowed me to do it. And, and what I realized was he, it is all because he's a believer in Christ. It is because of God's grace upon his life. You have to understand, brothers and sisters, you have to recognize that the grace of God towards your life, and when you're able to let go and let God deal with your life, you will never allow anything or anyone to tell you you can't do some of the things that God has placed in your heart to do. You look, at, look at the Apostle Paul. He persecuted and killed people in the sake of God's name. Could you imagine when he walked into the church and he starts preaching to people and said, oh, this guy, don't trust him. He put people in prison. He persecuted them. He will bring you to the courthouse. And yet he still was someone that God used. How about this? Uh, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. You know, sometimes we look at our life and our talent so insignificant. But uh, I am not able to do this. My, uh, I used to be just like this. I, I used to have all this. And Lord, how can I preach the gospel when I've got all this mess in my life? God doesn't care about your mess. What he cares about is are you obedient in the midst of your mess? See, we, we often think that we are not good enough for God. But you have to understand, it is not your goodness or my goodness that makes us good enough. It is his righteousness in us because the Bible says that while we were yet in sin, he died for us. Wow, I love God. He says, while I was yet in sin, God, you still chose me. You still died for me. You still love me. You're still willing to bless me. You still got better days for me. That my, I don't have to live like this. But the problem is this. We try to intervene in God's plan. We try to intervene in God's plan. And when we try to intervene in God's plan, Abraham, you'll get an Ishmael instead of an Isaac. And then when Isaac does come along, what you realize is now we have a mistake. And because of the mistake, there has been tribulation in our life. Uh, uh, that's where the Bible says in Matthew 7, uh, 13, it, it goes back into wheat and tares. That there, there are people that's going to grow up in your life that are tares, which the enemy has sown. And then there are people that are wheat. You know, sometimes you just have to live with difficult people. Exactly. Some, some of you married folks are real quiet on that. <laughs> because sometimes we have to live in a way that God, it says the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. You know, that messed me up. I said, God, how can your kingdom be like a mustard seed? Because your kingdom is great. It's big. Your kingdom is big. Everywhere I go around the world, there is the kingdom of God. Uh, I meet people from all over. How can you say it's that small? It is, he is comparing that sometimes we look so insignificant in our eyes, but there are so much potential that is within us. Because that potential comes from Christ himself. 
Brothers and sisters, it's like that mustard seed. That mustard seed is not just one mustard seed. You get one mustard. But that seed actually grows into a tree. Just like you, you're not just one person, but you are actually a force of people. Yeah. You're not just one person, but you actually are a nation of people. Uh, God gave uh, Abraham a promise. He said, look at the stars. Your descendants are going to be like stars. And look at the sea. Your descendants are going to be like the sand. And I could imagine Abraham said, one, I'm old. Two, my wife is old. And how can this be? And God gave him one son named Isaac and from one son named Isaac he gave him two sons and then from those two sons he gave him 12 tribes and from those 12 tribes it is the descendants of Abraham like the stars and like the sand brothers and sisters I have to tell you don't realize don't allow yourself to say that I'm insignificant I'm least of all it's okay to have that mind but inside of you are nation and not just you and the enemy is always trying to destroy you. The nation is always trying to say, oh, you're nothing, for, I, for you are the least. It is our, his posture of humility that Paul does. Sometimes we get too involved in our own press. It is sometimes we are trying to uh, 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 hurry up and get to some place that we think is success. Instead of hurry up and live in excellence. What does that mean to live in excellence? It means being your best. Are you really doing being your best or are you just trying to be the best? When you are being your best, that means the little things that God has given into your life, you have maximized that moment. You have maximized your gift. You have studied. You have strived. You have loved. You have studied. Everybody wants to be significant, but nobody wants to be least. See, that least is a mindset. It said, God, I'm a nobody without you. Paul says, I am what I am, but it is the grace towards me that it wasn't in vain. God's grace is not in vain to create you. God's grace is not in vain that he, he, he gave you life during this era of history. Uh, God's grace is not in vain that he gave you the mind, the way you look. God, God's grace is not in vain that he, you were born into the family you were. God's grace is not in, uh, 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 in vain that he brought you to this church. God's grace is not in vain that you struggle through the things you struggle through. God's grace is not in vain because there is something in you that he's trying to bring out of you and you keep thinking that I am the least meaning I am insignificant but God says that is great because the less of you means the more of him yes. it says the least of all the seeds you know I, I thought about something that when I was reading this have you ever anybody there are companies out there that you can get uh, now is a big thing they, they say that uh, grocery delivery uh, in the next 20 years is going to be like a hundred billion dollar business. If you know the startup, can you let me know? I'm uh, invest in that. <clears throat> but there are companies out there, and, and uh, I don't know if you heard this, but there's companies out there where um, they go into farmers that grow vegetables. And what you realize is, like if you go to an apple farm, the grocery stores, the big grocery chains, they only buy the beautiful looking fruit. You know, the, the beautiful apples, you know, the one that just looks perfect, that they, you could take a photo and a, a, and a selfie with it. 
Uh, you can put it on, on social media, you know, the beautiful one, the one that has no, oh, no uh, deformities. But, uh, but yet the same apple that is beautiful, and there are companies out there that buy what they call the ugly fruit. Uh, there, there are little lumps on it, and, and it might not be so pretty. It might have a little uh, uh, scar. It might have a little deform. You know, the pepper, the, the green pepper might be deformed, and it's not perfectly like a heart, you know, the one that you go to the store. And what they find is the one that is deformed and the one that looks perfect is the same. And that uh, it has the same nutrition, it has the same uh, qualities, it has the same vitamins, and it actually tastes the same. And see, when I thought about that, I said, God, he said, it's because why? We as man, and the Bible says that man look on the outward, but God looks in the heart. And so uh, that fruit might look deformed to us, but inside of it has the same vitamins. It has the same uh, minerals. It, it has the same quality as the one that we look and say, oh, that's what I want. And sometimes the one that's deformed does the same thing for us that the one that we looked at so nice, and it saves us more money. Yeah. All you bargain shoppers should be looking at that. You know, uh, we often say with our kids, you know, when they were little, they would divide up their food. They would just eat this part, and, and they'll eat all that part first, and the next part. And, and then uh, they say, Daddy, how come you don't divide up your food? And I often tell them, it's going in the same place. <laughs> See, uh, I'm not so concerned about how it's looking. I'm more concerned is what it will provide. Brothers and sisters, God is not concerned as how you looking, uh, how uh, insignificant that other people look at you. He's not concerned about that. He's just concerned what's inside of you. Oh, that's good. Amen. He's concerned what is coming out of you because the Bible says it is the, uh, he said what goes into you is not what defiles you, it is what comes out of you. So if, if you are coming out with good things, then you will begin to bear good fruit and you will begin to bless good people and that you will have sweet water come out of your mouth. See, which is indeed the least, but even in your own mind and that little talent, what is it that God is trying to get out of you? See, the problem is we keep looking at ourselves and say, I'm, I'm nothing, I'm nothing, I, I've got nothing. What can I give? I, I got a broken, I argue with my spouse all the time. I, my kids, oh my goodness, you know, my job. Oh man, you know, this, this, this. Oh, I don't have everything I need, but uh, God will give you everything you need. All you need is to be obedient. See, oftentimes we want to be significant, but God says you're already significant because you're my child. See, brothers and sisters, stop trying to make things happen and allow God to make it happen. Stop trying to try. And I'm, I'm not talking about don't get an education. I'm not talking about uh, our kids don't have to go to school. I'm not talking about doing your best. Uh, uh, what I'm talking about is there are times that we are extending ourselves, trying to keep up with the Joneses or the world. And God was sitting there saying, if you would just die to your own will and your own want, I will make you greater. It's a great thing. The least of all is not an insignificant thing. In God, it's significant because he compares the least of it to his kingdom. 
You know, I often think about people that go on and do things and, and you know, they think that they need a lot of God. They're always needing, you know, you ever hear people say, I need to be more anointed. You know, you hear that? Oh, and I, hey, I, I've been there. You know, you come up. I need more anointing. I need more faith. And God said, keeps saying, all you need is mustard seed faith. And you can move a mountain. Has anybody here ever moved a mountain? No. Not, yet. Not yet. So why do you need more faith? <laughs> Use what you got. Yeah, yeah. Or, I, because the problem is this. We are intervening on his work. All we need is say, God, I have mustard seed faith. Help my unbelief. I just need a little bit. And if you have a little bit of God in you, you can do great things. Has anybody here uh, ever um, used a salt shaker? Yeah. You, uh, you never see a salt shaker like a water bottle. <laughs> you don't go to the, <laughs> to the restaurant and the water bottle as a, uh, the, uh, salt shaker as a water bottle. Because why? Because just a pinch will do. Just a little bit will do. See, in God, just the least in him will be more than you need. Amen. Just the little least of you is all this world needs. Just, just the least of you. Just, just the talent. Just one talent would change the world. Maybe that's all your talent. Just that one thing. Don't ever allow yourself to think that you are not significant in God. But have a mentality. Say, Lord, I know I'm the least. Just like Paul, I love it. He goes, I am the least of all the apostles. Who's not even worthy to be called that. It was his mind. Because I persecuted the church. He had, he thought about his past. Some of you might have a past. You might can't get away from it. You know, you might have to deal with things. And, 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 and you had to deal with family. You had to deal with mistakes. You had to deal. And that thing keeps beating on you and beating on you and beating you. Here Paul says, I'm not even worthy to be called apostle because I, because I persecuted the church. He couldn't get away from it, but yet he became one significant uh, uh, apostle, one of the most significant apostles of the New Testament. He wrote to us the first book of uh, 1 Corinthians 13 to teach us about love. Love is not what? You know, love is. Love is. Love is long-suffering. Love is not self-promoting. Love is. And we read it at every wedding. Love is. It is because of Paul we understand uh, the, uh, the significance of marriage and he compares marriage of a husband and wife as the marriage or a covenant between God and his church. It is because of Paul we understand 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the gifts of the spirit. It is because of Paul that we understand the gift of prophecy. It is because of Paul that we understand how to operate within a church. It is of Paul that we can understand that we serve one God with one faith, one spirit, one baptism. It is Paul that tells us that we are heirs with Christ. This man who God thought that he is the least of all became the greatest of all. You can't have the New Testament church and leave Paul out. Oh. You can't have the New Testament church and leave him out. Because if we were to leave him out, most of the New Testament would be gone. And we wouldn't know how to love our wives, husband. Uh, we wouldn't know how to operate with the gifts of the Spirit, ministers. We wouldn't know what, uh, that there are five-fold ministry in the Bible because he wrote the book of Ephesians. 
See, brothers and sisters, don't ever allow this world to make you think that you're not significant because while you are the least, meaning uh, die to your own self because your, your self is very least compared to the kingdom. Now, why does he compare the mustard seed? I'm glad you asked to the kingdom. <laughs> the first thing is the mustard seed, if I were to take it, I blew it and we couldn't find it. It's not like the mango seed. You ever seen a mango seed? I mean, nobody, if I put a mango seed here, people come by and say, boy, that's weird. Right? But if I were to put a mustard seed here, you wouldn't even know what it is. But a mango seed, you'd be like, oh, that's a big old seed. The reason why he talks about the mustard seed is the one thing that for a seed to be activated, it has to go into a dark place. For the seed to be activated, it has to go into a, a dark place. And so the book of Psalms 23 says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That means uh, that seed, that thing that is in you, that dream that you have, you're going to have to get into a dark place and you're going to have to cry out to God and say, God, I want to die. And the outer part of that mustard seed must die so the inner part can grow. And so the minute that you are willing to die of your carnality and your own will and your own ability and your own want and your own vision, then God says the, the sooner you will die to that, then the inner you will come forth. Amen. I didn't know I was me. I didn't know I was doing what I'm doing. I didn't know. That's why, but by the grace, that's why Paul says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Paul didn't even know. Paul didn't even know that he's going to write most of the New Testament. Paul didn't even know that he was, he's the one that describes love. Paul didn't even know that he was good. God's going to use him to speak truth about the gift of the Spirit. God, Paul didn't even know that he, God was going to use him to teach uh, uh, men how to love their wives. Paul didn't even know that he, he was going to write some of the most beautiful letters that helped build the church. It is because why? He had to die to himself, which is Saul. And so Paul can come. You have to die to yourself. You got to get down that hole. You got to get down. Most people don't want to do that. They don't want to die. They don't want to be their flesh to die because to be honest with you, we don't see the inner us. What we see is the outer us. Until you realize that he that is in you is greater than he that's in the world, you keep holding on to it. See, most of the time, we think we are obedient, but we aren't really that obedient. That's the hardest thing. You know, uh, I didn't realize that until I had children. You know that sometimes uh, my children, uh, when they were younger, not now, when they were younger, some of the things I would tell them to do, and they think that they are obedient. Now, I know uh, Pastor Danny and his wife, Lang, realize this. When they're kids, they think they are obedient. But in the reality, that while they think they're obedient, they're not really obedient. Right? And, and uh, because their mind has a different understanding at the moment because they are limited into what the desire of their father wants. See, 
how, I, I'm going real deep with y'all. It is that oftentimes we do not uh, have obedience in the perfect form that God wants is because we have no understanding of what our Father wants. Yeah. is because we have been blinded by our own will and our own desire. And so when we die to our own will and our own desire and give it to God, then we begin to have the mind of Christ. Amen. You see, when my children were younger, what they think is significant to me, it wasn't. And it didn't, I, did, I couldn't change for them. They had to change for me. L listen to what I'm just saying. It's because for us to have peace in our home, my life could not change to them. Their life had to change to me. Because if their life would change to me, then they would be mature to handle more responsibility, more blessing. See, when they do the things that I ask them to do, even if they don't understand it, it allows them to walk in a different place and a different level of enjoyment. Enjoyment. Brothers and sisters, is that us? We often fight. We often ask God. We often want to hold on. But if we were just say, God, uh, help me to understand. Even if I don't understand, let me obey. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you today, sometimes we ask too many questions. Yeah. We should just say, God, allow, let go, and let you be in control. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Because oftentimes, as children, we don't understand what the Father is talking about. Has anybody ever been there? Yeah. Sometimes you're going through things and you step back and say, Lord, I thought I was being obedient. And yes, we are. But the problem is this, is we don't understand the mind of God. Because His way is not our way. Because if I had it my way, if my kids had it their way, they would eat ice cream at every meal. <laughs> and they would never eat their vegetables. They would never eat a full course meal, right? Yeah. And so they think that we don't know, but they're, they're like, but it tastes so good. I know, baby, but if you only eat that, you would not grow and be healthy. They don't understand that, but I'm full <laughs> on cake and candy and boba tea. <laughs> if uh, they, they, they feel full, but uh, being full deceives them from nutrition. And you can sit there and explain to a five-year-old all you want about nutrition. They are not going to understand you. Because they, uh, they are not mature enough. That's why, brothers and sisters, God can sit there and explain to us over and over and over about certain uh, dreams and vision and things that God has. Sometimes we don't understand. Instead of questioning, say, I'll continue. See, brothers and sisters, it's, everybody wants to be significant in this world. But for you and I to be significant, to have a life change, we have to be least in our own eyes and allow God to reveal himself to us. The Bible says that the mustard seed is the least of it, but when it grows up, 
This is awesome. It becomes a tree. And a tree is significant. The tree bears fruit. A tree gives shelter. People can build on trees. Nobody builds anything with a bush. <laughs> Amen? Amen? You can't build anything. Nobody puts a swing set on a bush. Nobody, nobody climbs a bush. Nobody climbs, but people climb trees. They, they benefit from trees. There's shade in the tree. There, there's fruit from the tree. There is structure in the tree. And trees are there to help us see the kingdom of God. Brothers and sisters, being least isn't bad. It's actually good. It is actually good. Look at it with me to Ephesians 3. And then Luke 9, and we're going to close. To me who am less than the least of all the saints. This is the Apostle Paul. This grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the age has been hidden in God who created all things through Christ or through Jesus Christ. You know what he was saying? If it wasn't for him dying to Saul... Paul would have never been able to preach to the Gentiles. Brothers and sisters, you have to die to yourself because God's about to lead you into a community of people that never hear the mysteries of God. And that he that is in you is waiting to come out. Or she that is in you is ready to come out because the, the, the significance of who you are has nothing to do with what you look like it has nothing to do with how uh, your own ability. Paul didn't even know that God was going to change him into a man called Paul. See, the old Saul, which was the same person, he would have fought every, everybody. He would have used the law and religion and laws to stop. But Paul became a man that began to preach into communities of believers. He went to Ephesus. He went to the Corinthians. He went to the Greeks. He went to the Romans. And that if it wasn't for him dying to Saul, he would have never been the significance. You know what? If it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have understand that we being Gentiles are just at the same as them that were Jew. Because he's the one that says, there's neither Greek nor Roman, bond or free. He was saying that everybody comes to Christ the same. You know, if it wasn't for Paul, there would be so much of us Gentiles living in darkness. What is it with you? It's okay. When he says, I'm the least of all the saints... It means that to him, he's nobody. But in God, he is somebody. See, everybody in this world want to be significant. They want everybody to notice. But God says, I don't want them to notice you. I want them to notice the God in you. Because the God in you is the only thing that can change a life. Why else do you think Paul was willing to go through shipwreck and imprisonment and beatings and stoning and, and, and people chasing him, trying to kill him? Why would he do that? It's because it's not in his own ability, but it's by the grace of God. Let's look at Luke 9, verse 46. Then a dispute arose among them as to which of them would be the greatest. 
And Jesus, perceiving the thought of their heart, took a little child and set him by him and said to them, Whosoever receives this child in my name receives me, and whosoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is least among you all will be great. Do you know why that he took a child? It's the reason is because nobody knows the potential of that child. Until that child grows up, then you know the greatness of that child. And so he said to you and I, he was saying that there is a seed in you that, that might not even, it might be little like a child. You, you might look little right now, but when you grow up and you are mature and you grow into the things of God, you could be so significant. You could be someone that would change this world. That's why, for me, uh, you don't know uh, 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 the child that is in a woman's womb, what that child will become. That's why uh, in God, when, when we see a woman carrying that child, you would never know what that child will become. That could be the next significant human being that walk upon this earth. It could be the next one that will ever change the way we see medicine. It could be the next one that could ever change uh, the way we operate and make machinery and change the way we fly, to change the way we build things and change the way we plant things. And could be the person that come up with forever change the way we use energy. We don't know. That's why that child, God put him next. He said, hey, if you want to be the great one, be like this child. That child is in you. Will you allow God to mature that child in you? Because brothers and sisters, you're, you and I are just like that mustard seed. We got to be planted. And sometimes being planted is tough because we want to move all the time. But until you get rooted, you won't grow fruit. Until you get planted, you won't grow fruit. It has to be in the right environment. It has to be in the right environment. You got to get planted. And you have to let go. And allow God to cover you. When people sow seeds, what do they do? They put it in the ground and they put dirt on it. Nobody even sees it. Have you ever planted anything? Yes. I remember growing up, my mom would plant stuff. And I said, Mom, where'd you plant it? Right there. Where? Right there. I don't see anything. And I remember as a little boy, my mom would say, go out there and water, water that spot. I said, which spot? That spot I showed you. But there's nothing there, Mama. Don't worry. And you know what? Every day, I'm, you look foolish. You're, plant, you're like, there's a plant down there somewhere. Right? And, you're, you're, and I remember my friend said, what you doing? I'm, I'm watering my mind the garden. It's like, what garden? It's just dirt. It's just nothing. It's, my friend said, are you sure? She's told me. But there come a time in your life, just like you and I, and God might have us covered. You might be hidden. You might feel you're insignificant, you're least, and that, that the world has passed you by. And people, you keep going to this church called ASAT, and nobody even sees it. Nobody even knows. Say, why are you doing there? But I'm growing. 
Really? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. And one day, one day, your seed will grow, and that seed will be so great. You could be the next Paul. You could be the next Billy Graham. You could be the next uh, significant male or female that would change this world. You know that man I was with yesterday? He didn't, he didn't let his, his, the color of his skin stop him. He didn't let the color of his skin stop him. I didn't realize that he, he was in the Vietnam War. And he didn't let the color of his skin stop him. He didn't let, did you know that he grew up and did not have running water until he was in the seventh grade? Wow. He said that he didn't know he was poor. And yet God has brought him to work with presidents of the U.S. and been on walk with senators and congress people and brought them around the world and I asked him I said when you go to the the White House state dinner is the food good he go it's good and the way they present that's good how many people brothers and sisters and if you ask him I said how did you and he said it's God he has flown every plane that you can think of that only you and I would dream about flying and I thought to myself, brothers and sisters, what about you and me? That's the mustard seed in you that God's trying to grow. But the problem is sometimes we get planted and we want to do our own thing. We get planted, we want to do our own thing. You've got to stay connected to the ground. You've got to stay connected. You know, if, when I was a boy, I, I used to, my mom used to plant things and being a little boy, mischievous. I'm like, man, I've been watering this crazy thing for two weeks. I don't see anything. And what does little boys do? They start digging up the ground. And what does mama do? Yeah. <laughs> what, or what I should say, what does Vietnamese mamas do? I say, boy, what are you doing? I said, mama, it's not growing. And this is what she said. It says, it would take time. How, how, how can you have faith like that? Is because, how can we have faith like that? Because this word never changes. This same word has delivered men and women. This same word has been spoken over lives and changed their life and miracles for thousands of years. It's true yesterday, it's true today, and it will be true tomorrow, and it will be true a hundred years from now when I'm gone. Let us stand.